Hello and welcome to this special edition of DF Direct. I'm John and I'm joined by the one and only Oliver McKenzie. Hi, John. How's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, we're here to talk about The Last of Us Part 1. And I wanted to do this because I've wanted to do a video with you for a while now. And this is a good opportunity because you're probably the biggest fan of The Last of Us or Tilu, as it's affectionately known, that I know. And there's a lot more to say about this. And we also kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the nature of remakes, remasters. Like, there, there's a lot of conversation around this. And I think we can uh, discuss that here today. So what do you say? Let's Let's talk about this thing, shall we? Absolutely. So the first thing I want to start off, actually, before we get into the whole like remake discussion, uh, let's actually expand upon our discussion on the gameplay, right? Because both of us have um, played through the entire game, and we're both very familiar with the original The Last of Us. So I talked a little bit about this in my original video, but I wanted to get your take on it first. Yeah, so my sense, and I think this was your sense as well, after playing the game and while playing the game, I felt like it was very similar to the original title. But when you go back between them, there are actually a lot of changes, in particular to the feel of the guns and the animation, because now they're using that uh, motion matching animation system that they built for The Last of Us Part Two, And everything feels much more refined. And I wouldn't quite put it in the sense that the fundamental uh, gameplay characteristics have changed, more that the feel of everything is much more in line with the second game. And it feels, in my view, it feels much better. Like when you're firing a gun, there's much more recoil. And there's much more of the kind of kickback on that animation. The actual gun animations are much better. Um, and if you go back to the original game, like the gun kind of like weakly kind of goes up for a second. They both reset to the same point in a roughly comparable period of time, but it feels much better in The Last of Us Part 1. There are a lot of these little changes throughout the game that really do make it feel much better and much more modern, especially when you go back to that original title. In terms of the raw mechanics, like the damage numbers, um, the enemy placements, the uh, mechanics, like when you can kind of go up behind a guy and, and show come out um, uh, in terms of the weapon upgrade system, even in terms of the puzzles, uh, all that stuff, as far as I can tell, is almost identical. Um, there are some changes mm -hmm. to the level geometry, but they are relatively small and they don't have a huge impact on the gameplay, I would say. So yeah, overall, it's extremely familiar. If you've played The Last of Us like I have, I've beaten it geez, five times now, I think, if you count this review period, including a couple times on, on the grounded difficulty. I found it extremely familiar, but when you do jump between the two versions, it does feel very different. That's basically how I would put it. Yeah, and that was my sense as well. When I first picked it up, I actually did think, oh, this feels exactly like the original. But it's that point where you go back to the either the remaster or the PS3 original where you realize that these tweaks have been made. And a lot of it is small, like you say, but just the improvements to the camera positioning, for instance, where the way Joel occupies the left side of the screen, it's a weird thing, but I think it's really important towards getting the feeling of a shooter right. And the original doesn't quite nail it. And I thought it got a lot better when they went to Uncharted 4, like their overall gunplay mechanics and camera positioning and the post-processing they use. And that that's definitely felt here. But I think something that does disappoint me a little bit comes into the um, the familiarity that you mentioned, right? 
and this this is maybe why it's so difficult to do remakes these days where you you're kind of on the sliding scale of do you make it exactly like the original game or do you scale it to become more like a new thing i think they were trying to straddle that line sort of with their design here uh in that the move set is limited to the original game even though the mechanics themselves have evolved but then enemy placement in the overall scenario design is directly based on that original as well and that's where i would have liked to have seen some changes right uh just spice things up a little bit change change expectations play with expectations uh there's a lot of room for that and i think they could have changed some of the mechanics as well and maybe still i don't know what do you think about this so in the last of us part one you have a normal stealth kill where you essentially grab somebody by the neck and choke them out but then you can also pick up a shiv and that's a finite resource right and it's arguably that's part of the gameplay but i feel like in part two the knife was like a key feature of ellie's stealth kill abilities uh and i think with abby they did go back to this whole shiv system i can't do, do you remember yeah, it was more melee focused. Yeah, it was more melee focused. Basically, I think stealth kills, I prefer them to be a little bit quicker than they are here. Although when I was doing the E3 versus uh, 2022 comparison, I realized the stealth kill in the original E3 trailer is way longer than <laughs> what we have now. Like he just like, he's just choking that guy for, it feels like 15 <laughs> seconds. And you're just like waiting and waiting and waiting. And But here I really would have liked to have seen this sped up a little bit feel more agile and i think that would have required some tweaks to the level design specifically enemy placement uh like when you're dealing with the infected for instance like you'll be in a basement there's like infected around and you need to take them out quietly if it was too quick it would take away some of the tension i understand that but i still think it would have been neat to see some refinements to uh, just the overall like pace of stealth specifically yeah i think It would have been nice to see some changes. One thing that I would have liked to see, and I think with me it's almost a bit of an unfair uh, thing for the developers to live up to or to measure up to, because obviously they need to deliver a product that's familiar to gamers who might have only played the original once or have never played it. I've played it so many times that playing through this, it felt like almost like I was listening to a song that I've heard a bunch of times before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I knew all of the enemy placements. I knew like in one area in Boston how, you know, there are some enemies who you can all you can stealth kill all the enemies in that area if you go around in a certain pattern. I even knew which encounters you could run through because some encounters require you to kill everyone, some requ- some you can stealth through. Some are very uh or quite easy to run through even on higher difficulties, like just sprinting past everyone. I I actually think that's a good thing. Thing, by the way yeah yeah that, that kind of free that freedom you get from stealth like i really dislike when games force you to clear every single enemy in an area before moving on to the next this is what separates something like metal gear solid from other titles where in metal gear you could kind of use tricks and and just basically rush through if you knew what you were doing and you had the timing down and i think that's a lot of fun yeah um I mean, I think that the balance in The Last of Us is quite good, and I think they do give you a lot of flexibility, even in that original release. In The Last of Us Part Two, there's more flexibility still. But uh, one thing I would have been a little bit interested to see is if they could have offered some sort of remixed mode. Yes. Maybe that wouldn't fit super well with the super serious aesthetic of The Last of Us. 
but I was struck while playing that, yeah, maybe you don't change level geometry. Maybe by default, that experience is very similar to the original, but they definitely could have, I feel like it would have required a lot of effort, but it definitely could have been accomplished. A, a sort of remix version with different enemy placements, different scripting, nothing too different necessarily, but just something that would have felt a little fresh to people because I don't know, I think the original, uh, version and the ps4 version collectively have sold like well over 10 million copies yeah exactly a lot of people are coming into this with uh, expectations and and memories of the original and those people will feel again on their first playthrough especially without playing the original game first to do a bit of a side-by-side that this is very similar and i feel like there could have been a bit more done there maybe mechanically but maybe also in terms of just uh, redoing some of the base uh, ai and encounter design a little bit more maybe as an option well, I mean, the AI is definitely a lot better, I think. Yeah. And I, and that that is definitely most noticeable if you just observe enemy behavior, specifically the human enemies, just the way they move around the battlefield and approach their targets. It's quite different. Whereas in the original, I kind of labeled it as meme AI, I think, <laughs> where you, you often, if you just watch them, they just run out in the middle, they kind of spin around, just perform moves and then they run away and then they run back to the middle and then they run away and then they're back in the middle again. And it's just kind of hilarious and chaotic. And uh, also your AI companions, they love to run out in the middle of dangerous (laughs) scenarios, but because of the way the game's designed, and this was a good thing in terms of preventing frustration, but it does break immersion when you have like Ellie running out into a crowded room full of infected and just like zigzagging from wall to wall and just generally behaving in a strange fashion and nobody sees her yeah right? uh which again that would be super annoying if they did but it looks silly and it does still happen to a degree in this this new version of the game but i do feel like it was lessened overall in addition to the cover stuff like did you notice how when you get into cover it's less likely now that characters will go into cover in the same specific point as Joel and clip through them, which happens constantly in the original version. Like you're just always in cover and like Ellie or somebody else is like overlapping Joel and it happens so much and it can still happen, but it's so much less common now. And that's actually a really difficult thing to solve when you have two colliding bodies in the same space in a game. And one of them is controlled by AI and just, that's a hard problem to solve, but I do think they've done a good job there. Yeah. I feel like the friendly AI in particular, like you said in the, in the original release could do some things <laughs> that were quite embarrassing. And I thought you highlighted this really, really well in your video when you went through that Tommy's dam section, because in the original, I feel like that's the weakest section just because you have so yeah. many friendly AI and they behave so incomprehensibly. And here it's not, it's not perfect. Like the game is not like a team based gears of war style shooter. No, no, no. But it, it's much, much better. (laughs) That's just a huge improvement there. And then also, like you said, in the cover system, the original Ellie would constantly get in the line of sight of enemies quite visibly in a way that if the player character had done that in the way that if Joel had done that, you just get killed immediately. And uh, obviously she can't be damaged in the original game um, unless she's being held by an enemy and she can't be seen. So it doesn't impact gameplay, but it does impact the immersion. Um, and here that's done much better um, overall. I think the friendly AI in particular is just much less embarrassing. <laughs> and the enemy AI also is is much improved, which I think you covered really well in your video as well. 
Yeah, they're just, they're entertaining to watch. And I actually felt shades of, it's weird to say it because it's an old game now, but like it reminded me of playing Metal Gear Solid 2 or something in a good way where you actually watch them sort of go through motions that seem somewhat coherent and like they're hunting for targets and moving around the room. It's much more convincing. And obviously Metal Gear has the advantage of each each level is divided up into these tiny rooms, right? So it's a very small scale kind of environment where these games are much larger today. AI is hard is what I'm saying, but they've definitely improved things. But so the thing about this remake though, and a lot of the discussion I think is around it focuses on, did this really need a remake? And that really made me step back and start thinking about like what constitutes the need for a remake? I I do think in this case specifically, strategically the reason they probably did it is one to bring in a new audience uh and two to bring in the new audience that they might find as a result of the upcoming hbo show right like that has to be the reason they wanted a new product on the shelf to tie directly into that i'm sure that was the reason but i guess whether it was necessary or not and what determines whether a game is even a needy in need of a remake so firstly, like, can you think of another situation where a game is in this similar state where it's like eight or nine years old and then they decide to just revamp it? Well, what came to mind for me initially, and this is a much more straightforward and, and much more pure just on the visuals remake, is Halo Anniversary. Because to oh, me, yeah. that was a that's a game that also showcases roughly roughly one generation's worth of visual enhancements and fundamental technology. That also appeared disappeared nine and a half years after the original Halo anniversary was, I think, ten years to the to the day. So right, that's right. something that it did stick out to me. Obviously, there are a lot more gameplay and mechanical changes in this, whereas in Halo anniversary there were none. And artistically, I don't think Halo anniversary was the was necessarily the best uh remake effort halo anniversary too though i would say was beautiful uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah definitely, definitely. <laughs> but that yeah that sort of came up a little bit but also it's a little bit of a weird situation like you said because there is a playstation 4 version that runs really well on playstation 5 playstation 4 pro i do think probably the integration with um other ip like you said with the upcoming um television program uh, that probably plays a part in it. And also I read some reporting that suggested that initially this project had started. Um, I know there's sort of a breaking news on this front, which maybe you can get into, but initially it had started, I believe as an internal project within Sony that was supposed to use a new engine and was supposed to be sort of its own effort. And this was reported in Bloomberg, I believe. And then it seems like Naughty Dog and, and it turns out another studio took over that uh, that effort and that work. So perhaps there was another push inside of Sony for this kind of project. Yeah, it's not 100% clear, but I did, I did see one of the developers at Naughty Dog discussing this uh, actually just on Twitter. And they noted that this was primarily a Sony San Diego project to sort of rebuild the game using The Last of Us Part II's engine. And then Naughty Dog basically jumped in to kind of finish it and polish it up at the end. I don't know what the relationship there was in terms of how, who did what and how it was split between them. Uh, but that is interesting to learn. It does sort of jive with rumors we had heard prior to release. Right. So I think people were concerned that, Oh, is this, is this all that naughty dog's been doing? But obviously we know they at least have another couple of games in development. I think 
One of them is a is sort of a larger scale multiplayer thing, which whatever, uh, not for me necessarily. Uh, but then I'm sure there's another single player project in the works as well. So when talking about when a remake is necessary, I think this is a topic that has kind of shifted over time, where it's kind of determined by the power of the hardware, the capabilities of the hardware for the original source game versus where we're at afterwards, right? There is a huge jump between PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 5, of course, but it does feel like a case of diminishing returns to some degree, where while the differences are extremely vast, uh, I think the average player may not actually feel that versus if you go back to say, like there was only six years between Resident Evil and Resident Evil Remake on GameCube, but you're looking at PlayStation 1 to GameCube, which technologically speaking, that was a gigantic leap, even though, you know, they both still use pre-rendered backgrounds with character models superimposed on top. Uh, but just the, the leap in fidelity was so dramatic at the time that it felt like it was unbelievable. Uh, your Halo anniversary shout is good. I was also thinking actually of Gears of War Ultimate Edition, which I think was nine years after the original Gears. Uh, and it was exactly the same kind of thing, except for, again, pretty much the same gameplay, just a nice visual overhaul. But in terms of prior situations like this, Sony has kind of done this before, but shifted back a generation with Shadow of the Colossus, right? So the original Shadow of the Colossus was PlayStation 2 but it had pretty severe performance problems, which arguably so does The Last of Us on PS3. Uh, then we get to the remaster, which was Eco and Shadow of the Colossus from Bluepoint, where they essentially took the original visual design and just revamped it to run smoother and look sharper on PlayStation 3. And then the next generation, we got Shadow of the Colossus, the visual remake, where I think it's the 2016 game it was. And that is the equivalent to The Last of Us on PS5, The Last of Us Part 1. I guess the tech shifted enough where The Last of Us on PS3 and its remaster, it, it doesn't feel as dated, perhaps. And that's why it's more difficult to understand. Plus, there's there's no doubt the, the pricing stuff is certainly an issue. Like, we're not in the habit of determining whether something is worth X amount of money. I mean, I'm an idiot and I collect retro games, so it's... <laughs> It, you know, it's, it's a crazy time out there, but we are, we're kind of in a tough part right now. And this is actually something that worries me going forward where game development is getting more expensive. Consumers are expecting more from visuals, but at the same time, we're kind of in a cost of living crisis, right? So asking $70 or more for, for any game, it's a huge ask these days, especially right now. Not everybody wants to do that because this is a remake I think, or a visual remake, it, it starts to become a more difficult question. And that's something that I think, I don't think any reviewer out there can really answer that question for a wide audience. This is going to be, this is going to be something that's completely subjective. Everybody is going to have to determine whether something is worth that money to them. Uh, so I wouldn't weigh in on that, but I mean, these discussions happen a lot. It happened last year with Metroid Dread, which people thought should be a $20 game. In that case, I think those people are insane because Metroid Dread was incredible and absolutely worth it, uh, worth the cost. But so I will make a comment on that one, but it starts to get trickier with remakes. I don't know. What do you think about this? Yeah, it's definitely a very tricky question. I think especially because perhaps for because of that, 
uh, Last of Us Factions game that Naughty Dog is working on, that uh, big multiplayer Last of Us game, the factions mode that was included in the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4 versions is not present here. That's right. It's uh, gone. Which actually was, it was not my favorite, but it was a pretty interesting multiplayer experience. They had some interesting concepts. It was fun to play with a team of players. And it's not present here. So in some sense, there's less content. Uh, I mean, it, there is less content. There is less content. <laughs> than, in the, than in the prior versions. But at the same time, I don't know. It's going to come down to every individual person. Like for me, um, I think this is worth it. Uh, if you played the original once or twice, you want to get back into it. Or you haven't played the original. I mean, it's a 12 to 14 hour game. It's not a massive uh adventure the replay value is mostly i think in replaying the game at higher difficulties and there's not a tremendous amount of additional content for players to enjoy it is a really tricky question especially i think it's complicated i don't think we would be having uh this conversation in as much detail if there was no playstation 4 version because that version runs so well on playstation 5 already it runs so well on playstation 4 playstation 4 pro already um, but yep. I think a lot of people are looking at that version and saying, well, you already have an 1800p60 version of the game that runs flawlessly, basically, on PlayStation 5. Yeah, exactly. So what reason is there for this? And I think that is answered uh, in part with, obviously, the, the tremendous presentational improvements, but also the gameplay enhancements and the reworking of the of the uh, gun uh, gunplay mechanics and things like that. But it's not really... <laughs> comprehensively addressed because you do have that earlier version that runs really well on modern hardware which for most uh remastering efforts that we see nowadays you don't really have that modern analog that is as uh as capable as this all right there are a couple more things to talk about in regards to the game i think so one thing we didn't mention uh in the other videos is loading times right and this is something that the PS5 has been all about the whole next gen in general is, you know, fast loading times and they're, they are perfectly fine. They're much, much, much faster than say the last of us part two and certainly faster than the last of us on PS3, but they're not really much faster than the last of us remastered. Right. Yeah. In my, yeah. In, in, at least in my impressions were that it was very similar to the last of us remastered on PlayStation five and maybe that does just speak to the fact that they are working from a tech base that is not really a, a PlayStation 5 technical base. They are working from The Last of Us Part Two's engine and tools, presumably, and they probably are not really optimizing this for the, you know, the crack in the PlayStation 5 SSD, is my, my impression, at least. Yeah, that's probably right. And I'll be curious to see how their actual engine evolves going forward, since it does seem to clearly have been based directly on their work done for The Last of Us Part Two, rather than whatever work they're doing now for their actual next-generation titles. So, um, And that's kind of what we've seen, I think, so far this gen. Games that are built on older technology tend to not necessarily benefit as much unless the specific work is done to take full advantage of this, right? Uh, like Spider-Man was like that but a lot of other games not so much not super quick so it's roughly a, it's like a little over 10 seconds maybe if i had to estimate that it takes to load a game and then once you're in it is at least seamless but there is that initial load you have to contend with though when i loaded it up on ps3 again i mean you did the same right i was kind of <laughs> yeah. horrified by i forgot how long those initial loads 
can be. I mean, when you start a new game, they hide it a little bit with that pre-rendered cutscene at the beginning. But if you're just like loading a game directly into the gameplay, it takes a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in general, the PlayStation 3 version revisiting that was not a very pleasant experience. I was really, really surprised by just how poorly it operates, not just in the load times, obviously, but I mean, it's it's in gameplay, any kind of combat situation, it's usually between 25 and 28 frames per second. It's just pushing that PS3 so, so hard. And that's why I actually think uh, Uncharted 2 especially has aged the best out of Naughty Dog's games in there. 3 is pretty solid as well, but 2, I think they, they found this perfect balance of beautiful visuals for the system but also they maintained a consistent frame rate most of the time. Uh, but the, by the time we got to The Last of Us, they were really going, the level designs were expanded. They were pushing these indirect lighting technologies. I mean, a lot of light maps, of course, but some other neat things as well. It was a technically demanding game for the PS Triple, and you can definitely feel it. Then I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on general image quality then, because this is another title we're seeing, and they're not that common these days, but... It has a fixed resolution depending on the mode you select, right? Yeah. So um, I think according to both of our pixel counts, it seems yeah. basically to operate either at 4K, which it operates at in the fidelity mode, um, and that seems to be a fixed pixel resolution, and then 1440p in the performance modes, again, uh, a fixed resolution there. On the one hand, it does make sense because they are operating from the Last of Us Part II's uh, technical base. And the Last of Us Part II ran at 1440p on PS4 Pro and PS5. It makes sense there. And a fixed resolution game as well. All of Naughty Dog's games, uh, to my recollection, have been fixed resolution titles, even on the PlayStation 4. Um, they've And all the PS4 games use TAA without uh, seemingly a, an upsampling component that is also also true here i think they experimented a little bit with um i think an 1800p uh checkerboard on uncharted 4 they dropped prior to their ps4 oh, pro patch oh yeah when rich went to see the ps4 pro yeah reveal, didn't run had, very well i this, think no 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 it was way under 30 frames per second and they opted for 1440 instead so and that's kind of where they've remained uh once you cross the 1080p barrier around 1440p for the performance mode at least yeah 1440p that, that does that range does seem to be rather common this generation and i feel like especially going forward and we see more developers play with ray tracing i think it's going to become more common or you know even less and we're going to see more reliance on upsampling technology to sort of improve the perception of a of the pixel count and then the original though just seemed to be using so i think on ps3 it was mlaa and yes. then on PS4, it was probably FXAA, if I had to guess, that kind of similar post-processing anti-aliasing. So just going to TAA is actually kind of a huge leap, I would argue. I mean, gosh, the 720p MLAA, man, I, you saw it. The amount of shimmering <laughs> that's happening in any scene, it's there's so much pixel crawl. It's really absurd to, to remember what it was like. And... <laughs> It's not great, as they, as they say, but I don't know. Any other thoughts on this? In general, um, just outside of the raw pixel count question, I think that the game has quite reasonable image quality considering the uh, fixed pixel resolutions that they're operating from and considering the fact they're not using any sort of upsampling seemingly. Um, I think it looks good, and at normal viewing distances, I think the 1440p mode looks 
totally fine. I think the 4K mode looks very sharp. It's more just a question of, on some level, you do feel like there's a little bit of performance being left on the table. And conversely, yeah. there are some... Just just a handful of dips below and a few instances where you would have felt like a bit of a bit of headroom on that dynamic res could have helped them. Um, like in the service area sequence that I highlighted in my video that uh, always drops frames in every mode, basically, um, significantly. That is an area where, you know, it would have been nice to have a little bit of a uh, little bit of room on the dynamic res. And then when you do turn on something like the VRR modes and you unlock that headroom in terms of performance, you can see that the game is, in terms of frame time, it's often delivering a result that could you could get 80 frames per second or 90 frames per second out of the performance modes, for instance. You aren't getting that with V-Sync, obviously. With VRR, you can get that. So it sort of feels a little bit little bit of a shame that you couldn't get a little bit more of that additional performance by throwing that into, into additional pixels. It just feels like something that we see so often in other games that the absence of it here sticks out but at the same time it's it's not bad it's just it's just it's just different and a little bit uh a little odd if you recall for the uncharted 4 re-release uh they actually had a 120 hertz mode as well and that one dropped all the way down to 1080p so it does seem like the engine is very sensitive to pixel count which is why drs i feel is like it would have made even more sense especially for the 40 hertz fidelity mode where I was really bummed out by this this mode specifically because it just doesn't maintain it. Uh, any heavy scene drops, cutscenes drop, and I feel like resolution scaling could have really saved the day here. And as a result, you know, it's okay with VRR, I would say, because they did implement low frame rate compensation, which annoyingly still has to be done per game. Uh, but <laughs> it does work. But still, it's uh, it does feel like they're they're leaving performance on the table here by not implementing DRS. So hopefully the next game. Yeah. Just that, that 40 Hertz mode in particular, I almost feel like they should not even expose that without VRR to the user. Is yeah, my view. I agree. Cause yeah. it's, it's, it just always between it's, it's very often at least between 30 and 40 FPS, especially in combat. Um, you don't feel the stutters quite as much as you would at 60 Hertz output, because obviously you're only getting, um, you're only getting eight point, basically 8.33 milliseconds of frame time divergence between 33.33 uh, milliseconds and 25 milliseconds at the on the uh, 40 uh, 40 FPS update at 120 hertz. So it's not, you know, it, it still doesn't feel great though. And I feel like, yeah, you know, if you tune, if you basically tune the visuals to work well at uh, 4K 30, at 4K 40, I mean, you really do need to introduce some sort of load balancing. Um, That's right. Just yeah, without it, it this just does not really work. And other titles that have implemented 40 hertz modes, like Ratchet and Clank, do have some uh, load balancing in there, and and maybe have some more performance headroom besides. So it feels a little weird to implement it in this way. Yeah, the Insomniac's work in particular is interesting because they were able to get mostly near 4K with some dynamic resolution scaling, while also using ray tracing and still hitting 40 hertz which is, you know, that's an impressive achievement, I would say. Uh, and yeah, that's, a, that's another thing. I guess it was beyond the, beyond the scope of this project, but uh, ray tracing would have been a nice feature, I think, to see. I would say their baked, their baked uh, indirect lighting is actually very, very good overall, and it's probably not worth using the, the cycles to do real-time <laughs> global illumination via ray tracing. 
just because the cost of that is so high and this is a game that has no dynamic time of day shifting right so it, it would fill in some holes and spots but by and large it wouldn't be necessary but uh i was a little disappointed not to see them playing with ray tracing features yet yeah it would have been interesting to see what they would have done with it i feel like maybe some rtao might have been a good uh, fit potentially yeah sure why not exactly yeah just some i mean there are not that many reflections i feel like and the reflections that are there are handled well with um i think planner reflections for the mirrors and quite quite good cube maps um very well aligned high-res cube maps for the water surfaces rt reflections would have been great if the roughness cutoff was adjusted accordingly which would mean allowing reflections on rougher surfaces but then that computationally becomes very expensive and it's not something we typically see on consoles anyway so yeah <laughs> probably not worth it just for extra glossy reflections yeah it's 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 hard for me to really think of uh, a ray traced effect that would really slot in really well with this game's aesthetic um because you do have that really high quality yeah. Uh, baked <laughs> lighting solution um and that would stand out the most like in a game like metro exodus for instance i think that original release did not even have uh like a baked gi solution so when they implemented you know rtgi that made a pretty tremendous difference to the way the game looked here it's it's very uh, it's a very static presentation and they have an extremely high quality uh, baked lighting solution and elsewhere there, yeah, it would, it would have been really cool to see something done that really does scream PS5 because I, I, I do get the general impression that the PS5 is not really being pushed to a level of visual fidelity beyond The Last of Us Part 2, except in a few key areas like I think you noted in your video the in-game character models are, are potentially of a higher quality. And um, the cube maps are very well aligned in The Last of Us Part Two, but they aren't very high resolution, whereas these cube maps are like extremely high res. That, that's probably the biggest technical difference I noticed with the PS5 game is that just the, the asset quality is improved. Uh, the textures, materials, they're all seemingly higher resolution in general. Like they look really good in The Last of Us Part Two, but if you actually examine anything up close, you can see the constraints of it being a PlayStation 4 game where here they definitely went nuts in terms of dialing up the overall granular detail of everything. And yeah, character models as well hold up under close scrutiny in a way that they don't quite in the, I mean, they look really good in, in part two, mind you, but uh, they now feel much more uh, tied into the cinematics now, right? Like Joel's in-game character model, I'm sure there's differences, but he looks basically on par with what you see during the cutscenes. Yeah, well, you, they've got so much more memory to play with that you'd have to assume that over the course of development making new assets, I'm sure they were working with that budget in mind. Uh, another aspect of that is just The Last of Us Part Two is still one of the best-looking games, in my view, on, on consoles, so it's not really a slight. <laughs> so the thing that kind of gets me here, and this, they could have made this a really compelling package, an extra compelling package, if this included a PS5 native version of The Last of Us Part Two along with Part One, and essentially make like the equivalent of a Blu-ray collection, right? Where you have both games side by side. Part Two would have required much less work, I think. Uh, they could have essentially stuck without as now. I mean, it already has a free PS5 upgrade, right? For frame rate, they keep that. So if, if that's all you want, that's fine. But the PS5 version could have implemented some of the benefits that we saw in the uncharted 4 collection right 
like higher frame rate support, VRR, you know, 40 hertz, um, higher resolutions, you know, things like that. Improved texture filtering, uh, just just tweaks and changes, something to bring it up a little bit to take advantage of the native PS5 hardware and then package it together with The Last of Us Part 1 and you have this nice one-two punch uh, that becomes an easier package, I think, to justify overall for more customers. But I'll be curious to see how it sells, though. I, I don't know. What, I mean, what do you think? You think fans are going to be into this or are they going to, is it split? I mean, you are a huge fan, so you already <laughs> said that you think it's worth it, but I, uh, you know, on the whole, how do you feel? I, I kind of feel like on the, on the pricing and packaging question, this would be a great pack and game for the newly more expensive PlayStation five, <laughs> you know, well, but it's, it's super violent though. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't really you can't really put this kind of game in a bundle. I think. Uh, no, I mean, you no, could no, technically, no. but y- you know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, on, on I guess on the question of value, I do think it's going to come down to individual people to decide that for themselves. To me, a game that you might play twice that might give you 30 hours of content. I think that's totally reasonable, even if it's something that you might have enjoyed before in some capacity. Um, I guess it's going to come down to, uh, you know, the the individual and, and the pricing question is obviously a little bit of a, a, a loaded one given this title and some of the controversy that surrounded it. I think basically what you see is what you get with this one. It's not it's not too complicated. If you uh, wrote on the tin like this is The Last of Us Part 1 with The Last of Us Part 2's uh, gunplay and technology, that's basically what it is. So <laughs> Yes, it is. You know, yes, indeed. I think I think people will know instantly if that's something they're interested in or not. Um, and who knows how well it'll sell. I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see if people have The Last of Us fatigue or if this is something they're truly interested in. But for me personally, I mean, I think it's worthwhile. I have a copy pre-ordered. Obviously, I've played it all the way through. I think I think it is quite a good effort on the whole. Yeah, I, I think that's probably a fair way to look at it. So, yeah, I, it's probably going to do it for this video. Uh, this is just kind of an experiment and something I'd like to do more of is just sort of a a post coverage discussion on, on game topics, you know? So, cause sometimes when like in this case, both of us were doing our own separate videos, it's fun to sort of reconvene at the end and reflect on those experiences, I think. So, uh, and it, it is different, you know, playing these games prior to release when you're trying to figure out, like figure all the stuff out for the first time and see like what really is, what's new here. What is this thing? And this was an interesting exercise and kind of a breath of fresh air in terms of coverage, just because it was so different. So I love remakes because they're fun to to make videos on in general. And I would like to see more for that reason. Uh, it's just, it's cool seeing how a game has changed from one to the other. And it's sort of appreciating the work that goes into each of those. I really hope we see this continue with other series, to be honest. Like I've been really wanting to see you know, Metal Gear remakes. Uh, I've been, I would have loved to have seen like some Gears of War stuff again, like they did Ultimate Edition, but like something like Gears 2 and 3 or just one of them. I would love to see a proper remake of those. Um, there's a lot of potential there for sort of bringing these things to a new generation, uh, a new user base, and really kind of going nuts with the visuals. Uh, especially something, you know, Gears is an interesting thing because it would be like an excuse to build a new Unreal Engine 5 project. You know, show off the the technology of Unreal Engine 5, bring back Gears, 
I don't know. Seem, seems like a good idea to me. Yeah, no, that sounds fantastic. I, I, I agree in general. I think remakes are super, super interesting and super fun, especially if the original versions are stranded on older hardware, as we see all too often. In particular, uh, ironically enough, with games in the PlayStation 3, you know, I would have oh, loved yeah. to have seen, you know, I mean, there there's plenty of opportunities, not just for uh, remakes, but remasters of key software, like the Killzone titles or the MotorStorm titles, which you Motorstorm. recently. Oh. Yeah. Come on, it's it's a want, bit of a shame. 120 even, FPS MotorStorm, please. Yeah. Or even just like touch-ups on older work, like I remember the Uncharted uh, collection, right? The Nathan Drake collection, which has uh, Uncharted 1, 2, and 3 in it. That did get a port in 2015 by Bluepoint, uh, which is now a Sony studio, but uh, it never got a PlayStation 4 Pro patch. And I feel like that sort of effort, I mean, I'd love to see, obviously, a full-on remake of Uncharted 1 or Uncharted 2 or Uncharted 3. That would be that would be a very exciting idea. But also, just like those games at 1080p on a PlayStation 5, I feel like there's some room there, especially given there's also an IP tie-in there with a big uh, Sony Pictures movie. Oh, uh, they missed uh, the boat, though. It's, it's, yeah, it's come and gone. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm not opposed to remakes. I quite, I quite enjoy remakes. I quite enjoy remasters. Um, but I almost feel like if we're going to be throwing a, you know, huge development budgets on projects like these, that uh, there are a number of titles that certainly are on my list that I would like to see addressed uh, potentially before a project like this. Although again, I'm not, I think this is totally fine. I don't think there's any problems with this. It's just that, you know, inside Sony, I would, maybe there are some projects I would like to see personally addressed that are stranded potentially on the, on the triple, which is now, a uh, not in not good shape. Your your last point is really one of the most poignant yet, where it's, you have to consider the cost of this, right? When you decide to remake something, there is a huge amount of money that needs to be invested to make it happen. Like, you look at The Last of Us Part 1, and I would I would wager that this was a, a rather pricey production. <laughs> I mean, they really did remake every aspect of it, right? I mean, they saved on R&D costs, of course, and, and like generally figuring out the game design and the storytelling, of course, but the actual asset creation, rebuilding the game, retuning it, that's it's not a cheap process these days due to the massive boost in overall fidelity. Uh, and so how do you determine, like, yeah, we want to invest millions into remaking X game versus Y game, you know? It's a, it's a difficult question, I, th I think. And I suspect it, as we said at the beginning, I'm sure this case was influenced directly by the existence of the HBO show. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> I, but at the same time, I kind of hope that this is the last of The Last of Us. Like, I like these games, but I would like Naughty Dog to move on. And, you know, traditionally when they change generation, they kind of shift their focus to something new. Uh, but last, you know, they crash bandicoot for ps1 and then they shifted to jack for ps2 and then uncharted for ps3 with last of us right at the end but then ps4 was the last of us and uncharted again and now ps5 is the last of us and uncharted to begin with and i feel like it's it's time and part of this is just due to the increased development time required to make these games like you could crank the jack games were amazing but you could produce those in a much shorter time frame compared to what we have now right so Obviously, that plays a huge role as well, but, you know, I, I really want to see what they do next from here. Something new and different, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm hoping that what they do is uh, 
new and exciting and interesting, and I, I would love to see them work with a new IP. I'd also selfishly like to see a Last of Us Part 3, because they do, at the end of Part 2, they leave some threads open. Uh, maybe that's just to me, I don't know. But um, I would certainly like to see, I'm, I'm very excited to see what Naughty Dog does maybe after this Last of Us Factions project. And I hope that uh, whatever they do, it'll 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 be with their uh, industry leading technology at at its heart, and not a third party engine or something like that. Not another UE five effort. I have to imagine. I, <laughs> I, I, I yeah. doubt that. I doubt that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I hope what they do next. I hope it does showcase some. I mean, I'm sure it will showcase some massive improvements over this technology base. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice they have this project, but I'm I'm excited to see what they do next for sure. You know, I we've been talking about all this, but of course there's another reason why they would want to release this, and it's the PC. They've been big on PC ports lately, right? So of course it makes sense that they would want to bring The Last of Us over to the PC as well, and that's actually something I really want to see myself, is what will this look like on PC? What will any Naughty Dog game look like on PC? We haven't seen that engine adapted to the PC yet. I suspect we're going to see that Uncharted collection first, uh, which is coming from Iron Galaxy Studios, which typically does good work aside from the, you know, the Arkham Knight thing, but that was <laughs> a long time ago, different circumstances, but I, I am eager to see how that plays out. But I feel like we've talked enough about this. And again, if you guys are interested in seeing sort of discussion videos like this on occasional topics or revisiting old games, things like this, do, do let us know, see if it works. Uh, but Hopefully you did enjoy this discussion. I know I enjoyed talking with you about this, Oliver. So thanks for joining me. Likewise. Thanks, John. And if you guys did enjoy it, you know, be sure to like, subscribe, ring the notification bell. And if you want to chat about the game, you can come find us over on Twitter. And until next time, this is John and Oliver signing off.